fam, welcome back to the Open Up podcast. Well, open up with me, Lockie. <laughs> I think it's episode 251, and this is a cool one for me because it's with Timmy, who I did Invictus with, um, and I'm sure if any of you have been listening to any of the past podcasts, watching the other videos, or going through any of my posts the last oof, maybe six months, um, you'd seen, you would have seen my transformation, my transition, um, my progress throughout the entirety of that course. And, and that's been you know, profoundly impactful for me in the way that I show up for myself, number one, but most importantly for the way I show up for the women in my life, my partner, my two daughters, um, and really trying to embody the king, to show up as the warrior. Um, and I feel like I'm still making progress towards that, but none of that I feel would have been possible without you. So thank you, bro. Thank you for being here. Thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you for having me, man. And honoring to have you in this journey, bro. It's been, been amazing having you in this space. So, yeah. I want to give people context um, around you and why you put Invictus together. Well, actually, what, what Invictus is first, and then yeah, what, what led you to putting that together? Because it's such a potent container that I feel men and women now need to know about. Mm. Invictus has, has evolved a lot since I first launched it. Um, it started off as a six-week course, and... Um, Prior to that, I was running a course called Return the King, which was like an archetypical journey for men, giving them a rite of passage, having them understand themselves more deeply in the warrior, lover, magician, king. Um, we got into some sacred sexuality. There's a bit of shadow work in there. Um, but one of the things I was really witnessing inside of these containers and witnessing in my own work and outside the container was this lack of connection to the warrior energy and this... Uh, either deeply in the shadow of it through um, through violence, through rage, through um, possession and through like dominating or they've been completely like had the balls dropped off, completely disconnected to the primal center and um, no longer like connected to from other, pretty much men just seeing men like from the disconnect from, from the neck down. Yeah. And so um, I was like, man, <clears throat> need to create a, a cause like initiation for men to really step into this primalness, to step into this warrior energy. And um, it just kind of came together as a six-week program and then to have uh, six weeks meeting once a week and then three uh, weekend sessions just for you know, these challenges to get them on a physical, emotional, mental and spiritual level. Um, one thing I was seeing was that like a lot, a lot of men's work really can become quite... Um, in the feminine energy with a lot of catharsis, a lot of emotional work, a lot of emotional release, which is really powerful, really needed. But then there was a disconnect to the, the physical body. Um, and so when I created Invictus, I wanted the men to tap into that, that prowess of their own physical body and for them to feel the strength and what they're actually capable, capable of inside the physical body. So there was one that was the, like, the deep emotional release, there was the worry activations, the problem activations and the, the deep connections as well. That's how it kind of forms. And after I ran this, the first Invictus, I ran it twice as, as a six-week container. And then after that, I was like, man, this needs to needs to be a bit longer. So um, moved it out to eight weeks and, and kept the three initial, like three 
physical breakthrough, the ice bath and the sweat lodge in there for them. I've actually just taken the sweat lodge out um, and we're doing a, another ceremony in there for them. Um, but that was the main thing for it and, and Invictus means unconquerable spirit. And so I really wanted them to be able to tap into that part of themselves where they become unwavering in their own truth and for them to stand strong in their own belief and, and, and uh, who they are as a man and now as women, because we've got the women's one just started, um, for them to really tap into that, that place of themselves and to really reclaim their power. And so there's a lot of deep shadow work in there, a lot of them reclaiming all the parts of themselves that they've disowned, they've rejected, they've denied, they've like, projected onto other people. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much the basis of it. And it's, um, it's quite intense. It's quite like a, a deeply transformative container. Um, and a lot of it we work through a lot of somatic work. Um, so we, we address the mind, but we also address a lot in the body. Um, and we shift what, how the body is holding the, the emotions and, and how they are showing up in life. Um, but yeah. How, it, one of the things that I feel is the, I guess, the most impactful part of, of you and the work that you do is your capacity to hold space, especially for people who are going through like deep emotional catharsis you know with uh, even if that's projected there's this there's this sense of safety with you and this like stability within yourself how how did you build the capacity to be in those situations and to remain i guess regulated mm. well, i think like i'm a highly emotional man <laughs> and i can have like really fucking wild emotions like hugely amount a lot of people would be like oh man you're like really present you're really grounded but on the other side of that, man, I could be really fucking wild. I have this huge like, spectrum of emotions that I feel very, very intensely. And so getting to that place was for me to learn how to work through my own emotions because they were so intense. They were so like expressive and, and, and cathartic. And so there was that part. Um, and then doing a lot of my own inner work through, um, through breath work, through somatic release, working a lot with plant medicines helped um, a lot with that. Um, and so we were going to the jungle a lot, I was doing different plant theatres where you like sing in isolation and you're just communing with the plants and those those plants, this you know, whole other kind of shamanic realm is really there to help um, one that are there to heal and then also to teach. And then so once I went through the healing, I was into the teaching phase and then um, uh, the plants just teaching me and helping strengthen my container as well. And yeah, that's kind of short of how like be able to do it. And it was just like it's just like going to the gym, man. And um, the more you're in that space, uh, the the stronger those those muscles kind of kind of go through. But a big thing for me, man, was that um, I've always had a very intense energy, and I've always been like an all or nothing person. And then the gift of that is to be able to be in intense situations and not feel rattled. And so like even before I was on this journey, man, I was. Um, uh, like over 10 years ago, man, I was like fighting quite at a high level in Muay Thai. And then so being in those like highly intense situations of a hard training, um, like physical training, mental training, and, you know, being face to face with somebody else that's been trained to smash at the same time as you, what you're trying to do as well. So being in those like confrontational places and not feeling wavered in that is all just like being part of the growth of, you know, what I can, what I do in that space. And it's got to the point now where I just don't feel rattled um, when I'm in those those containers. 
and I really had to work to get to that position knowing that safety is so key in people's healing um, and like the the resonance, the empathetic resonance that could be created from me to them um, also in the space that's created to allow them to feel like they can go to those deep dark places one because I've been there so many times myself um, and I feel comfortable holding them and that's mainly the, the way um, and so people do ask me that you know like well how can you do that or what do I need to do to do that and the main thing is just keep doing the work it's like not just doing like one eight week course it's like going to that space multiple times over and over again so it's just like becoming second nature to you just like driving a car <laughs> one way or another um, well I guess recently the time we're recording this you've just gone through a woman's version of Invictus mm -hmm. and Seems like it's really blowing up and expanding, and you know people calling out for it. A lot of women, especially. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I wanted to have this conversation with you to go over my experience of it with you, just so that people who are who are looking at it have some sort of understanding of what it is that they're going to get themselves into and what they have to look forward to. Because I think from from the outside looking in, for someone like me looking at you know, your content you post, which is so beautiful, but for someone like me who is avoidant of emotion, mm -hmm. looking at that, I'd be so activated and so <laughs> I'd, I'd just want to like swipe off of that Instagram feed or that Facebook feed and just mm -hmm. be like, hell no, I'm not mm -hmm. going to do that. I'm not going to honor myself by jumping into this container. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, it deserves more respect than that. I think it deserves more context because of how potent it is and how... Mm -hmm how supportive it becomes when you have a whole community of guys who are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like all of a sudden, I think that was one of the worst things about the course finishing, is that we weren't going to be meeting with all these guys who we've created like real connections with mm -hmm. every Tuesday night and then you know every um, second Saturday or something. But mm -hmm. um, I guess to start off with, man, I had no idea about archetypes mm -hmm. going into, into this. So... For you, what what are the importance of of archetypes? And I I guess a quick quick rundown of that. Yes, Carl, the archetypes were recorded by Carl Jung, who's a um, psychotherapist, and archetypes are, are, are just like blueprints within our consciousness. And there's like specific traits that they all kind of house, um, and it just creates like a framework for us to be able to understand ourselves more um, more intently. And so Carl Jung had 12, 12 archetypes, and then there was like immature archetypes and mature archetypes, really kind of denoting that there, there's a shift in consciousness that happens, or like a maturity that happens from, from like boy mentality to man mentality, same for, for women. Um, so when we're like in this with the, with the archetype, is really helping men understand themselves and what these archetypes mean for them. Um, to give, help them understand themselves in, in maybe like a different kind of conceptual way for them. And so we talk about like the, the one of the immature archetypes for a man is, is the hero, which forms into the warrior. And so we're, you know, given teaching men like, well, these are some of the, the traits for the, the, the hero. This is what's needed for them to you know mature into the warrior. Um, so then they can kind of see where they, they are at in their life. Because guys come in there at all different levels. You get guys that are complete new to this, never done any kind of work before, guys that have been in it for a long time, and just guys that are like looking for something a bit more challenging, a little bit more deep. 
um, so it's helping guys understand where they are at in their journey to, to, to move through. Um, and then also like with the, there's so many different flavors of the archetypes, man, so that they can understand um, when they need to be in their warrior energy or when they need to be in their king energy or uh, what it looks like when they need to drop into their lover energy or what it looks like for them to be in their mystic or magician energy. And it's um, giving them more permission to, 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 to be in those and there's like this thing around like what it means to be a man and mm -hmm. we all have like our own ideas or our own unconscious biases of what it means to be a man and there's some men that might feel much more comfortable being like in that lover energy but be like well that doesn't feel like it's very manly like the warrior is much more manly but then understanding that the lover is, is, is an archetype of the masculine psyche gives him a permission to be like oh it's okay for me to to be in this to to be more sensual to um, to invite more uh, sensuality into my life and to, to connect deeper to intimacy and so yeah that's that's the really kind of brief um, into the archetypes but it's yeah it can be quite in depth but also yeah I think that that was probably one of the most impactful parts of the whole course for me is learning about the archetypes and learning how I guess I wasn't showing up in them or if I was showing up in the shadow Mm -hmm. um, and then what I could do to, to take steps towards embodying that archetype, especially like the king and, you know, showing up for my family and the warrior is my whole belief system since young um, has been because I was, wasn't good at rugby or because I wasn't as good as my brother at sport. And last time I fought, I got knocked out in front of my dad and had held a lot of shame. I just created this belief that I wasn't, I wasn't tough. I wasn't masculine. Mm -hmm. And so I just become this guy who sat on the sidelines and never took on any leadership. So mm. seeing that that you can take on a leadership role without being the, the quote-unquote alpha male mm -hmm. really shifted things for me because all these opportunities that were coming my way, I was sabotaging because it meant I was going to be in a position of leadership. And for me to be in a position of leadership meant that I was going to be that overly masculine alpha male. Mm -hmm. And so, like, going through, just going through that really shifted, not only that, but like I said at the start, how I showed up with, with my girls, how I showed up at, at home. Um, it led to me being someone who was proactive and assertive. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd largely been someone who was quite lazy, who if I saw something that needed to be done, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that when I get to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just really gave me a lot of drive um, and gave me the confidence in myself to, to take action yeah, and be willing to like receive what comes off the back of taking action. Mm -hmm. So a big, big part of the course is stepping into integrity, man, is, is uh, getting more into alignment with that, understanding what your values are, what, you, like, what your core beliefs are. Are you living in alignment with that? What needs to shift and change so that you can be in, in alignment with that? So you can be like a man of your word. You can... People can trust you and what you, you're going to do, what you say you're going to do. Yeah. yeah, and I feel I've, I mean, I've gone down that route of being someone who, if I'm if I'm late or something, I'll, I'll take ownership of it and say that. But it's got to the point where it got to the point where because I was comfortable taking ownership or saying I was late or apologizing, that that now become a habit and now mm -hmm. become the norm, and so. You know, dropping into that was really, really profound for me and changed how I showed up. Um, and I think that just lent itself to the to the rest of the course because 
um, I guess from the start of that, there was, and this is different for me, I've largely lived my life needing a pat on the head from like a, either my dad or someone I see to be a father figure. Mm -hmm. Coming into this course, there was like so much safety that I just felt free for the first time in anything like this to be myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that just lent itself to going through the whole process and trusting that no matter what come up, it'd be, it'd be okay. Um, I think that's really necessary for some of the, for some of the breath work you do because, man, the the breath, the breath work like far out. Um, those have been my deepest experiences so far, mm-hmm. um, and created the biggest shifts for me. So, like, yeah, I'd love an, an overview of of your breath work, your practice, and yeah, I guess um, what what your intention is for them. Yeah, it's great, great question, bro, and. Um, Safety is, is always of utmost importance for me in this space. And, and as you know, from the very, very start, man, it can be activated from the start, but bring in so much safety and teach guys how to create safety within themselves, how to self-resource through that. So that one, there's safety within the space, and two, that they can source safety for themselves, no matter if it's in the space or outside of the space. For me, man, breathwork has been an absolute... Um, game changer and it's helped me shift so much on a subconscious a subconscious unconscious level and also through a somatic level and one of the things when I first went to the jungle to, to drink I was understanding that um, all the things that I thought I'd let go of mentally or forgive people mentally I was still hoarding in my body man and that was a big big wake up call for me and then um, you know like one of the uh, you know, about a year later, I'd gone back and asked, all right, like, how can I bring back this medicine without giving people a cup to drink out of? She goes, let me show you my dear. And she was like, breath work is the thing. And so my intention with, with the breath work is, so we do like, I try to, oh, my intention with Invictus as a whole is to hit on every level for men. So um, there's a thing for like peak experiences and peak experiences can create like significant shifts and transformations for them, but if they don't have any kind of cognitive understanding um, of what's happened or they don't have the um, maybe intellectual maturity to be able to process what's happening or, or they have the right vocabulary to express what has happened for them, then it kind of like loses its its power and it kind of just like, it's like a fleeting experience. I've had this huge experience, but they don't know what to do with it. So my intention with the breath work is, um, and there's many, so many different forms of this breath work, but the first breath work is, you know, to help them, you know, understand their shadow self. There's another breath work where it's really deep, you know, emotional release. There's another breath work that's about reclaiming the power and, and, and calling back in that themselves into that place. Um, so that's the main intention around the breath work so they can, um, understand the power of their breath and help them release on a very deep unconscious somatic level um, all the stuff that they've been holding all the trauma unresolved emotional wounds and when we uh, use breath sound and movement to release we're really allowing the nervous system to unwind um, in a sustainable way where it's able to keep going right so once we allow the nervous system to do that we're no longer holding on to that same tension we're not holding on to that same pain that we once were and we create a lot of uh, a lot of space and openness within the body to allow the body to create more of a free flow energy field through the body. 
um, and allow you know our own container to, to shift and, and move. And one of the things that happens, man, is like we can have all the right ideas, we can have, do all the, all the mind work, and we can be like, oh, I want to be this man, I want to be this person in the future. Um, but our body, our somatic body, the shape of who we are, can't hold this vision. There's like there's blocks, there's old emotional wounds or traumas, there's um, unconscious beliefs, there's these things that are like stopping us from from being that. So when we do the deepest somatic work, work and release that, we're creating this new shape, this new uh, being, and we expand the container to hold this new vision. Because um, every no matter what level you're at, is every new level's got its own devil, right? And and there's always an evolution that we need to go through. And that deep breath work is what I found has been huge. And especially um, over the years working with men of helping them tap into their emotions, there's like you know, quite a few extra layers that as men we're going to go through. We've been like really conditioned to put on some big fucking armor and some heavy masks that we like continually work and. Um, and help a man like soften into that is, is, is one way that we work with it and also using breath work because breath work uh, helps to bypass the analytical thinking and goes straight into the body and um, as you know you've experienced it's like sometimes you have no idea what's going to come up and some sh things that you might have forgotten about will, will rise up and just allow the body to, to process through that how it it has you, our body has its own innate wisdom um, that we just got to remember how to tap back into and uh, done in, in a safe, safe held container, man. It's just so powerful. Yeah, for every breathwork session we did, I had some sort of howling, <laughs> howling like beautiful experience, catharsis. Um, and it's funny because the first, the first breathwork session we did, I went into that. Even though I come into it the weekend before being in a space where it's like deeply suicidal and for the first time in a while having suicidal thoughts. I remember being confronted with that when we towed the line. I was like, oh, holy shit. Mm -hmm. I haven't even acknowledged the fact that, you know, I've been that deep. And then even going into that first breathwork session, I was like, yeah, I don't really have much that I think needs to come up. And then like, bang, <laughs> bang, it comes up regardless, mm -hmm. like of whether I want it to or not. Yeah. Um, and I think every yeah, every single breathwork session we did were there three or four? Three. three. Uh, we done three and then like a like a bliss one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So the three the three that we did, man, fucking blew my socks off. Mm -hmm. I think the first time um, I went, I remember just being there, like in that space after being suicidal and crying a little bit started to cry and for, for me every time bro in breath work it's like first 10 minutes is like okay cool i'm hungry what shops are on the way home i need to plan the food i'm gonna eat and it's like i'm planning my route home because i'm like fucking don't want to think about breathing and then it's like oh why am i doing this breathing breathing sucks yeah and then all of a sudden it drops in yeah i'm like yeah <laughs> i love breath work yeah. and then when i got to that place the first time it was tears and um and I was just crying and I had no idea why. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to cry. And I kept crying and kept crying. And then I realized I was crying because I don't allow myself to feel joy. Mm. And like, oh, yeah, maybe give me goosebumps See, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but 
I realized in that moment, I was like, fuck, I've, I've never actually allowed myself to feel proud, to feel joy, to feel pleasure, like in its fullness. Mm-hmm. And then once the crying subsided, I just started laughing hysterically and I couldn't fucking stop. Like to the <laughs> point where my throat got dry and I was like, holy shit, am I going to fucking suffocate? <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Um, and that, for me, like I've never had that deep belly laughter, I think since I was a kid. Because I've been scared to experience what it's like to feel joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then off the back of that, uh, I just started crying because I was like, shit, this really has kept me disconnected from my dad. And I was thinking about my dad and a relationship and I guess the, the reason for it. And then within that found the reason for our disconnection, which has largely just come from me creating a story out of a moment that we had together mm-hmm. when I was young. So just in that one session, there was this fucking two huge realizations, which then just flowed in, <laughs> into the next, into the next, which helped me like step into being more of a father and understanding my dad and having more compassion, and empathy, mm-hmm. um, and also having that for myself and being willing to like step into experiencing joy. Mm-hmm. It's not, it wasn't a quick fix. <laughs> like I'm still in the process yeah, of learning yeah. how to accept it, but um just that one session alone was huge, man, mm-hmm. um, and worth the whole experience. But that just kept going, man. So, yeah, hundred percent. Like we we forget that we we also suppressed our joy and our and our laughter and our bliss. And um, when we talk about shadow work, people you know if they haven't heard it before, sometimes they go, "Oh fuck, shadow work!" Like it sounds pretty dark and a bit scary. And, and I think um, that, that's one thing I loved about your experience, your container, is that a lot of people in this work, what I'm noticing is that when they talk about shadow work, they want to make it sound intimidating so it's like they have the power and they've been through it. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be, I don't enjoy going into something, being afraid of it, mm-hmm. whereas doing that with you, there was no fear because everything just felt so fucking safe. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I do feel like you need to be acknowledged for. Okay. That's the separation in that in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, like, like, we think, like, we do. We suppress our grief. We suppress our anger. Anything that we, like, as a child that we learn, uh, either is going to bring us love, connection, um, and acceptance. We'll be like, all right, cool. This, I'm going to hold on to this. This is, that's going to form our personality. The other side is, like, Everything that we learn is going to bring pain, bring separation, um, and we will push that down. So, like, if we get, if we discover or we learn very early on that it's not safe for us to be in our joy, like, we might have really grumpy parents or really grumpy dad. That's like, kids should just be seen and not heard. So, any kind of laughter is just like told off. You're making too much noise or whatever. We'll suppress our joy or suppress that laughter and and so when we're in, in we're building in that breathwork journey i'm like if you guys didn't laugh like fucking let that out because it's contagious in the room and, and ends up yes. popping other people into laughter and there's just so much joy that comes through and uh it's like what what is our relationship to emotions right what emotions are do we feel more comfortable expressing or, or going into and what do we feel less comfortable going into and some people will feel really comfortable going into anger some people will feel really comfortable going into sadness, but then feel really uncomfortable into into laughing or feel like, oh, I can't have that deep belly laugh. And even um, 
one I had to go through myself, man. And this came through a breathwork journey, man, when I was just like in a fit of laughter. And I had this story playing in my head that I was going to get told off for laughing. And it was, and it was from a teacher during, um, during primary school that would tell me off when I was laughing. And it's that being like, oh my God, I'm going to be told off by the teachers that was in the, in the breathwork room for, for laughing. When really, that would, at the end, I was just like, thank you for, for laughing because it was so much joy. I love that, man. And I guess on the flip side of that for me too, after what I've just experienced the last like four or five days and really allowing myself to cry and like wail, like really, really cry yeah. and experiencing that. Throughout those breathwork sessions, I feel is where I learn or relearn how to cry mm-hmm. and how to cry without the fear of being judged. I mean, I stopped on the side of the road and the worst place to stop, I stopped outside of a bus stop. <laughs> I, could, I just couldn't keep driving and I was just crying crying and looked up and I was like oh fuck I'm at a bus stop but I just kept going <laughs> I just kept going and it was snotty but I really learned how to do that through your breath work practices like going through those because I had multiple experiences where I I cried um, and, and before that I can count on, on one hand how many times I've cried yeah Man, there's such a stigma around men crying as well, of what that means to be a man to cry, and, and men will be like, oh, I shed one tear. I've been like, like it's a fucking badge of honour that you, that you can't cry. There's such a deep release, energetic release, when, when men learn how to cry. And um, I just like tell men, cry like a man, you know, and have your heart open, have your head up. Because one thing that we'll do when, when we cry, especially when we hold like, shame around around crying, is that we'll crouch over like our shoulders will go over, our head will bow down, and we'll like, kind of clump over, which is also a form of you know body going into a natural state of, of, of safety while you do cry, which is okay, but also like inviting yourself to be open and keep that heart open when you do cry and allow the love and receptivity to just bring that all in, um, which was like another lesson from Aya. <laughs> Thank you, Aya, but... Um, that was that was a really powerful moment that I had during a plant medicine ceremony. I was had all these tears come up, and I was doing the same. I was closing my heart. I was bowing over the sense of shame, and she just goes, "Open your heart and you cry like a man." And I just opened my heart, and these tears just flood, flooded through, and it was just allow that to come through, man. And you know, allowing yourself to wail is just such a powerful thing because like that wailing, that sound that comes through comes from such a deep well of pain within the body and it's just being expressed through. And energy is always seeking expression, man. And um, when we don't give it expression, that pops out sideways in really unhealthy ways, man. And festers and creates all kind of shit and so on is that isn't beneficial for us or anyone that's in our our field. So, bro, one of you, man, for... Let yourself feel that, man, because it's, it's been massive. Thanks, man. Massive. It wasn't until you actually said about that, that sound that I thought back to the moments where I did, I'm like, shit, I can't actually ever remember doing that before in my life. Like, mm. Crying, I can count on one hand, but crying to that extent, yeah. um, with that much freedom, can't ever remember it. Yeah. Even when you listen to people, wow, man, it's like there's, a, there's an arc of sound. That comes through. I love listening to it, man, because I could do so much sound healing, right? But that arc that comes through, man, it's like this full like expression that, that comes through, and it's like our voice is the activator, man, and we need to be able to make sound when we when we do breath work and when we're in that release, because you can 
so many of us are told not to raise our voice, not to say anything or to keep our voice quiet. And that is like a reclamation of the voice when you do make sound, man. And it's the same like through any kind of emotional expression when like you're doing breath work, when you're making love, like even that there's like shame around um, people, some people have shame around making sounds when they make love, are they going to sound stupid or that? And it's such like a sensitive thing where it's like, let yourself be fucking heard. Sound how you want to sound and, and let that be received by your partner and allow them to receive their, their pleasure through you experiencing your pleasure through that at the same time. And um, that's why we like bring like sexuality and, and sacred sexuality into Invictus because like, you can't hit all these bits without addressing our sexual energy if, if you're not you're just like missing such a big piece of um hey what it means to be a man and like don't miss out if you're doing personal development work because there is so much fucking shame that we hold around around our sexuality whether it's like you know how do we measure up as a man like you know cock shame like can i make my partner orgasm like that's not even our, our, our role, man. Like, there's, there's so many factors in that, but, like, what is that that we have around there? Or, oh, I'm just a seedy man because I have these sexual fantasies and sexual desires. And maybe you're just leaking that energy fucking everywhere because you've never learned how to circulate and sublimate your own sexual energy. And this is why we put that in there, for these guys to learn how to hold that and to be able to hold that uh, that energy within them. Because one thing is, man, is, is that, we're never really taught how to handle feminine emotions, right? Feminine energy. And this is as in masculine feminine, not feminine as in women, but like how to hold our own our own feminine energy. So we want to release everything. We're seeking that, that peace and freedom, right? So it's, we're trying to release. So we get too horny when I ejaculate or um, there's too much energy or we feel stressed out. Boom, I want to release. It's the same with our emotions. We're taught from a young age, like quiet down, hold your emotions, don't cry, don't be a pussy, don't be a girl. So we like shut ourselves off to it. And then when we do that to ourselves, we end up doing that to the external world as well. So our partners will cry, we'll shut them down, we don't want to hear it. Our mates will want to say something, we'll be like, bro, don't be a pussy. You know, you shut them down because you're so uncomfortable with your own emotions. Yep. So the work is always just internal, man. When like work with your own feminine, like feminine energy, which is your emotions, working with your own sexual energy so you can learn how to hold that energy within you, that builds a container at the same time for what you can hold, right? So if we look at like the masculine energy as a container, that which holds uh, the feminine energy, right? That sacred container, we are creating our own sacred container so that we can house our own feminine energy and allow our feminine energy to express the deepest truths of her heart, her, just to use that donation so you can separate the two, but that's the that's a big part of this work is doing the masculine and the feminine together. Not yeah. always calling it each, but just to create contrast. And we learn through contrast, man. We, we live in a non, uh, we live in a dualistic world. And there's a lot of people that in the spiritual world that want to be like, oh, go into non-dualistic, but we're fucking different. <laughs> there's always two sides of the coin and you can try bypassing that into something else but we're human beings having like a spiritual experience I love that um, yeah I think one of the things that that was really present for me is the belief that I was um, 
this feminine, like this this guy who was grounded in his, rooted largely in his feminine, who didn't give himself permission to be in the masculine, his, I guess, my, my experience with steroids, and then being this guy who just had so much baggage that he took it out on the people around him, and like, just so, so many unhealthy times where I expressed rage and took it out on people that I cared about, people that I loved. Um, I really shut that part of myself down and then going into this course and, and going through it, I really had to unpack my attachment to being in the feminine and closing off from the masculine because the masculine was bad. To be in the warrior, to be in any sort of anger or anything like that meant that I was being um, someone who didn't have it all together. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a lot of the work was like reconnecting to the masculine and being okay with being in it. I think even to the extent where um, when we did the physical breakthrough, I remember like wanting so badly to be a leader, knowing that I couldn't be a leader physically, but then just being like, nah, I'm not going to say anything because I'm not, I'm not an alpha male. Mm. I'm not a Tim. I'm not a whoever. I can't be the one at the front of the pack. I can't be saying this sort of stuff because I'm an emotional feminine man. Mm. so I mean that's that's been a belief that's held me back a long time it's something that's really stunted my growth in terms of speaking not stunted but stopped me from progressing as fast as I should have just because of that fear of being seen that fear of being the leader and just really holding myself back by being in that feminine mm-hmm. um, I guess from from there and I love that you went into sexuality I really wanted to talk about how fucking uncomfortable it was to witness the demonstration <laughs> to watch watch a man like writhe in pleasure on the floor as he touches himself bro oh see it's like giving me goosebumps that <laughs> when when that started happening i was just like holy fuck yeah. what, what's going on yeah, like, yeah. i could hardly watch it i didn't really want to think about it yeah and it just like that in that moment highlighted to me how disconnected I was from my own sexuality, why porn was such a big thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're good. Do you want to know, I like to leave a little bit of mystery in there? Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I like to do, man, is to show men what's possible in their bodies. And um, that was a big thing for me, man. Like I could logically understand it or read books and be like, oh yeah, cool. That's, that's something there. But to like to have their own visceral experience of it, they're like, holy fuck, that is definitely possible. And um, this is like, you know, Invictus in, in its entirety is very confronting. And it's going to like... Every fucking week it's confronting. Every week it's confronting. <laughs> and it's just like, no matter where you're at or what you think, is there's going to be something there. It could be on the first week, it could be on the last week. And that's why I've created it like that. Because there's so many different um, aspects of, and different people, different men that come into it. There's going to be something in every single one. Uh, where you know like some people are like oh I haven't like had the breakthrough I wanted to I'm like just wait out man there's, there's so much in this just let yourself receive and just like don't try and control control it right and that's a huge thing too right so you know witnessing what you're still trying to control where you're like still seeking validation or approval from, from somebody else where you're seeking security um, in, in different things and how you want to try and to seek security, right? And 
And for some people, man, it is uh, stemming into that leadership role because they find safety in leadership, right? And that's that's just, yeah. that's that's the that's the edge for some people is those that find safety in leadership, right? To to pull themselves back because they would have learned that they can't be uh, they can't get in trouble if they're the ones in lead if they're the ones leading, right? Yeah. No one's going to oppose them if they're the ones in leadership. Well, they might have been hurt by somebody that's in leadership. So by them being in leadership, they're not going to receive that, right? So it's like, what is everyone's edge? What are the, where are the places that they seek and find safety? And let's just fucking take that out from them. And let's see what comes up when that place of safety or that place of like, let's say false safety um, or like ego safety, let's take that away and see what comes up for them in that space and then to work through that. And seeing a man in, in his own sexual pleasure brings up a lot of uh, shit for men, especially if they have their own... Um, ideas or belief around homophobia and uh, around their own uh, their own connection to their sexual self man because we are receptive beings right so we see someone that gets sad we start to feel tears right we see someone happy we start to feel happy right we see someone feeling sexual we get sexual feelings but if it's another man we say that we're gay right <laughs> That's the thing that goes straight away, man. It's such a like a, like a um, uh, dis- like a belief that it needs to shift and change, and and it's um, and it's that sexuality piece, right? If a man sees a woman that's like looking sexy, and he's like, "Oh my god, she's like," he starts to feel sexual. He's like, "Oh my god, I need to do something because she's making me feel this way. She's not making me feel fucking anyway. It's it's activating something within you that you need to learn how to work with. It's like when someone makes you angry." Are you going to project onto them and be like, you made me fucking angry. It's your fault. You said this, rah, 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 when really it's your own unconscious beliefs that are making you form that way. So it's, it's, it's the same on every single fucking level, but we've got to learn how to work with it. And that's how, that's what we do it like that throughout the, uh, throughout the course. I love it. And I love that you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, yuck. Oh, this is so gay. <laughs> I can't be here. <laughs> and then fucking following that bro, like, bliss and Man. through through that process and through you and Invictus actually spent nearly two months without ejaculating and learning how to like recycle that energy whatever you call it and like having my first um full body orgasm and that Bro. was when I experienced that I was just like what the fuck is this shit yeah man, <laughs> man like, I'll, I'll have guys message me and be like bro thank you so much man just have my first full body orgasm I never thought it was possible and that just like blows fucking guys minds open and like I'll tell guys like yeah it's possible for men to have a full body orgasm and you can see them going yeah fuck whatever they're like alright well let's I'll show you some things and then tell me how you feel afterwards and um yeah, that's like one of the things that we say is that like, just lean the fuck in lean the fuck into it and, and trust the process and be open be curious what's there for you if you can put the resistance up then that's your own blockage that we need to work through and let's let's just do the thing that you want to do and let's do the thing that you don't want to do so the last thing on that for me and in, in my experience of Invictus was the I guess the sound like sound through through orgasming and and being in pleasure and having sound I was someone every time I'd get to that point I'd be like <coughs> <laughs> every time bro yeah, yeah. so when I first started like trying to work with sound and allow it to come up it was so 
so uncomfortable and felt so foreign. But what I realized in allowing myself to get to that point where I could be free with it mm-hmm. um, and let sound go and let sound be there, like created so much more intimacy with my partner. But I realized within that I wasn't comfortable being heard. Mm. Like not just in those environments and in intimacy, but like in general. Yeah. And so I had this front of like, I'm going to put myself out there and be heard, but I actually wasn't comfortable being heard. And so, like, that was just another fucking huge, <laughs> big white bulb yeah, for me, man. man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, man, when we do, like, these like, these these things and these courses that we have, like, on these experiences, and they shift something on somatic, when we have that awareness, we're like, where else can I, what other facet of life can I bring that to? And it generally just, like, goes through, through every facet, man. And it's like, well, fuck, I don't feel comfortable feeling heard in my pleasure or in this that's actually reflecting in my work life. Like, I want to be able to speak up, but I feel like people are going to judge me for what I have to say or they're going to dislike me for what I have to say. So then, boom, you close yourself in. But it's like, let's see what happens if we do the the opposite to that. Let's test that theory out and see how strong strong that holds. Yeah, and I guess the, the area that's had the most impact on my life as a whole is... I wasn't comfortable asking for what I wanted. Mm. And so within my relationships, I generally suppress parts of myself to people please. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd pretend like I was working through stuff or, or say that I was and have this mask or front that I was, but what I actually genuinely wanted out of that relationship, I wasn't expressing because I mm. wasn't like in intimacy. I wasn't willing to be heard. I was scared to be heard. Um, in case I didn't get what I wanted, in case mm. I was rejected or whatever. So that that alone has like completely shifted how I show up like in, in my life and what I do for work with within my relationship mm-hmm. with my parents. Like even just the other day, uh, with my dad, I had a call with him and he's a he's been a detective his whole life, so he likes to solve stuff and in my emotion I was just speaking about it and he just kept telling me what to do and within that I've been very tentative and I got to have the conversation for the first time. Look, man, I love that you shot from love and you want to help so much, but like, I just need you to be my dad and not be the detective. Mm, like, can you, man. can you ask permission next time you want to give me advice? I'd really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just like bang there. And that will just completely shift the whole dynamic of our relationship again. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like That's just awesome these little it. things, man, even like, um, when I say it's confronting every week, it could just be something as small as, um, for me personally, realizing how judgmental I was. Mm-hmm. Like when we had that first session, I remember when people were speaking, I was like judging the way that they spoke. And it's like, oh, you're taking up too much time. Mm-hmm. And then within that judgment, realizing, oh, that's because I'm not, not willing to be heard again and I'm scared of taking up space. Mm-hmm. And so it can be, you know, these little things where we just realize, holy shit. I've been showing up this way my whole life without being aware of it. Like I really get the opportunity now to to handle it. Mm. So I want to go to my last breathwork session because that was for me that was like the anchor in terms of like holy shit. I really really trust and respect you like beyond what I had before, mm-hmm. um, and I really have so much reverence for what you've created with Invictus and. Mm. 
And that experience, I felt like on top of the moon again, <laughs> going into it, like, fuck, I've got nothing. This is just going to be like a good experience where I get to clear any any stress that I haven't spoken or, or expressed. And so going into that, there was really nothing until like the last 10 minutes or so. I was like, okay, cool. That's my experience. That's what it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, like fucking T-Rex, like a mofo, like to the point where it was hurting. And, and then... Um, just like my whole body started convulsing and I hadn't, ex- I haven't experienced that before, like in everyday life, all breath work, any sort of cathartic practice. Mm-hmm. And so although that was quite scary for me, I'm uncomfortable. I just rode the waves, understanding that we had people like you and Flynn there who could hold space. Um, and that eventually got to the point where um, you guys were, were helping me there with me and helping me work through it and talking me through it. Um, and it got to the point where I experienced almost drowning as a kid and like what that was like and the fear in it and understanding what that created in me, like my fear of going to the beach or the pool, mm. um, beyond like having to take my shirt off and having like body image issues. But at the end of that, I remember you sitting down with me and, and grabbing my hand and just holding my hand and speaking to you about that experience and you asking me to pull on pull on your hand. And mm. in, in that, man, I don't know what happened. Maybe you can help me understand it, but I don't know what happened. But in in that and feeling like that, that support from you, mm-hmm. something just shifted with that moment. And there was like this almost this disconnection from it. Oh, man, yeah. Um, I remember that, bro. That that was such a powerful, powerful moment. When we experience, um, when we have experiences that are then created as trauma within us, it's generally the way that we've processed it, or like um, we have like an incompleted cycle of arousal that has been cut short, and and so we can learn a lot about our somatic body through what was like you know discovered through animals and how mammals would, would have a natural tendency to shake out their experience and I'll just drop this in real quick just to kind of give it some context but say like a like a cheetah was chasing um an impala the first thing or before it was chased the first thing the impala would do like its ears would prick up and it would look around and that's like the first state of arousal that we would go into it's like the, the fight or flight is done to start to kick and the cheetah would you know chase the chase the impala form is in its fight or flight response, right? It, it's running from from there. Um, and then it, it will either catch it, sometimes it will trip over, uh, or the body will go into like a like a, a freeze, so it will just collapse. And the freeze response, right, is is there to, you know, flood us with like opioid so that we kind of disassociate so we don't feel the, the pain of what's going to happen in that traumatic experience. So generally like predators want to have some sort of fun when they're you know attacking a prey and if it's completely dead they might lose uh lose interest yeah so we'll, like let go and might walk away and then there's a really amazing video of this and then the, the impala will just kind of lay there like lifeless for about a minute or two and then all of a sudden it takes this deep breath in and then it starts to shake and, and like violently like really like tremoring and it's like releasing this like stored energy and then it gets up and it just runs right so then it comes from its from this freeze response into this release, back into fight or flight, and it goes back into walking and comes back down and it's back into that 
you know, the balance of the parasympathetic. So both sympathetic and parasympathetic are meant to work in conjunction together. So what happens when we go through that? We don't have it. Uh, we've lost the ability to, you know, shake it out or to let it. Sometimes naturally, left to our own devices, our body will, especially in a really traumatic experience, especially like maybe after a car accident or something, you'll find people that will just like be shaking and their body's just releasing that or discharging that energy from the body. Um, so back to your experience, um, you were, you know, reaching out as a way because you were re-experiencing or you're experiencing the same of, of drowning, you're reaching out. And so um, to allow that process to flow through like on somatic and unconscious level, I had my hand out there for you to grab onto. So then as you were in that experience, you were completing that experience of being drowned, that you were able to pull yourself out and I let that fear to dissipate and to tremor through. Then as you, you grabbed on, then the, the shaking just went through your body and it was like quite convulsing for you. And it was just holding you through that. And then once it had finished, it was like creating safety. So generally after like, maybe if you had drowned, then no, no, if you had drowned, but when you had that experience, um, you might not have had the safety afterwards that your body was really needing. So we're creating that space for you so that you could feel safe, so you could be held so that whatever was needing to discharge could discharge within that moment. And then obviously you felt like such a deep, um, a deep discharge. Yeah. So I had one similar, like, um, last year, man, me and my partner, Sammy almost drowned at the beach, man. And, um, it was pretty pretty intense man like we all got stuck in a rip and wow. she was getting sucked out and um these uh the undercurrent of of the water was so strong man like i just kept getting sucked under my board shorts were getting ripped down to my legs and i couldn't kick right and i'd come up like this and then boom straight back down again it was just up and down up and down and it was so i had this moment of, of being like if I, if I don't do something like i'm gonna drown and same as getting like sucked right out and um so I ended up like getting my body tight and as tight as I could so I wouldn't get sucked down, I was able to kind of move out. But anyways, once we got out of this experience, um, I was on the beach and I was just like, I could feel I was just fucking numb. And like knowing what I needed to do, I still couldn't really move my body too much, just needed to let my body process. We got home, Sammy had a really big release, really big shake, perfect for her. But the next day I was getting all this pain through my, through my lungs, like I couldn't take a breath in. So we ended up doing a breath work and somatic thing for that. And part of that that I had to do was like kicking my legs, kicking my legs and doing this motion with my arms, like a swimming motion, just popped me back into that experience and I was able to release that and release all this grief, all this tension that I've had in my lungs. I was able to like take a deep breath, man. This is like the power of this work when it's done in a very intentional, um, safe way. And there's people there that, know like the process that you're going through and how to hold you through that and how to help you complete that process that your body is trying to do because sometimes um especially if we don't really understand what's happening to our bodies we can contract in that experience which then again holds that energy in and, and creates tension so we have stress like chronic stress that we go through but then the tension is like the muscle tightens, the tension that we feel, the bands contract within us. So it's like, you know, when we can go through that process and allow you to discharge that energy around those, that tension, then um, 
It's like allowing, it, it releases through your nervous system and your body's no longer holding that experience. So like when we look at mammals, like you like the impalas don't really go off and be like, oh my God, it's almost got eaten by a fucking like cheer or whatever. It's like not thinking like that. It's always in the present moment, right? Like it will definitely um, teaches its young to have that, um, like a, a fear, it's called fear ecology, like helping them understand that, you know, cheaters are going to kill you but it's not living in fear. Yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah. That's huge. I, I really like the way that you've you described, like, just finishing that, that process or completing that process because I've never really heard it that way and it, it helps that make so much more sense to me and, I guess, the experiences that I've had with it. Mm. Um, is there, for you, is there anything else that you want to cover from Invictus? feel like I could just chat and chat and chat but is there anything that you you feel like you need to, to speak into no I think um no I think that's about it man it's just um yeah it's just ever evolving hey it's just um so many people have been called into the space just to to work in that way um but it's pretty much much covered <laughs> no more good to be honest <laughs> Um, what, who, who are the sort of men and women that you're looking to call into the space? Yeah, anyone that is uh, really ready and willing to do some, to do the deeper work. And so what I've seen um, more recently is people that are more in, uh, especially in this last women's one, there's a lot of women that were already facilitators that were wanting to, to do some deeper work. Um, and just anyone really that is wanting, ready and willing to, to step into that space and um, seeing a lot of people like wanting to like really step into their own self-leadership, wanting to change relationships, um, guys that are coming in and normally guys, they're either like completely new, the partner's been like, oh, hey, like you should check this out and they've gone into it. Um, some are, have done some work before, but they're looking um, first like a little bit deeper. Um, or a bit more challenging then they will come in um, really all it doesn't really bother me who comes in as long as they're like ready and willing to, to do it yeah. Um, and yeah there's there's a few contraindications that you know is that's pretty something we touch on as well is um, even though like as powerful as work as this is it's still not for everyone yeah and like I really want to make that that clear and um, especially with breath work blowing up it's like this huge thing at the moment. Everyone wants to be doing breath work, um, which is amazing because it's so life-changing, but it's still not for everyone. And even like some people that are like, their nervous systems are completely dysregulated um, or they are holding like really complex PTSD or trauma, then like group work isn't really the best thing for them. Like yeah. doing more one-on-ones is for them. And there's some people that like, um, that have too many contraindications to be doing breath work. But there's so many other somatic practices that are in breath work that they can still do to have that same same release. Um, but yeah, as powerful as this work is, it's, it isn't for everyone. And that's just want to make that clear for, for people. Um, but yeah. I love that. It's like the anti-cell cell. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so different, man. It's just so like... Just so grounded and so different to yeah. most people how they'd sell it. It'd be like, yeah, that is for everyone. <laughs> come, yeah, come yeah. do this. Like, come give me the money. But 
I love that you you're so confident within yourself and and in Invictus and in the space that you yeah. hold that you're willing to say that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like safety is always my number one, and um, and not wanting to make anything worse for someone else is is there for me too. And I've been in times and I've like gone into my own healing crises because I've pushed something too far when I should have had someone saying, "Hey, just this isn't for you right now," and 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 trusting that you know. So um, I'm all about creating deep impact for people with sustainable change. So I want it to be like a lifelong change for them. And there's always a contraction that happens after these. These like there's always an expansion and contraction. It's just the nature of the work. Um, but I want it to be sustainable for people. And um, yeah, we we this is a part of the ego, right? Of like wanting to be somewhere we're not, and then you know acknowledging the place that we are currently at. Yeah. And when we can't acknowledge the place that we're currently at, we're not going to be able to shift and change and do the right things that are going to be the, the move that we need to make. Um, and this this way, there's a lot of you know people want to work through the trauma. Like there's this huge thing around trauma at the moment where people are becoming a lot more aware of their own own trauma and their own unemotional, so their unresolved emotional wounds that like holding them back or that are um, blocking them from life and. It's just yes, knowing where you're at and knowing what you need to do to, to move forwards. Um, and a big part of this is is normalizing this kind of work, and that's what I'm trying to do through my social media. And so um, we always ask permission for people if they're comfortable with having their their video or photos shared. Um, and then once it's taken, especially if it's a very cathartic um, emotional release, let's ask them permission again. Um, because some people can see it and change their minds. So yeah. um, be really respectful with that as well, but also keeping it, like normalizing it for people to be like, or one for them to see like, oh shit, this is some of the stuff that you do do at Invictus. Um, and two, like let it be known that that is like okay to be in those spaces, that it is okay and safe to release your emotions in that way um, and the shifts and changes that can happen when you are in, in that space yeah well, I do think you are that person who's who is normalizing it especially here um, the, the content you post just lends itself to people wanting to, to be in the work or mm-hmm. if they're not in it to explore it for the first time so mm-hmm. like far out you be proud of yourself for that yeah thanks for that. Um, anything else Discount codes. Yeah, man, we'll give you a discount code for the for the men's Invictus. So it starts on um, August seventeenth on a Tuesday. Cool. So yeah, eight weeks from August seventeenth. So I think that's in about three weeks. Um, but I will give. I'll make the code like lucky. <laughs> yeah. So I've been lucky, and um, you'll give hundred bucks off, and yeah, come cool. come join in. And I'll grab the link off you and then just put it in the description where I post yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I guess to wrap this up, bro, we want to acknowledge you for the work that you've done on yourself and then bringing it to to helping other people. But for me personally and my family, man, what you did for me through Invictus and holding that space and putting that together so that we go through that journey mm. has been profound. But uh, even more so, like to a deeper extent, the last four or five days and sitting with my grief and my shame around what's going on, 
I truly don't feel like I would be in the position where I'm in now, where I feel centered or as centered as I can be in this situation. I really honestly believe I'd be a mess. I'd be going back into that place of being depressed and, and suicidal if it wasn't for the tools that we've taken on from you, the, the anger release tools, the box breathing. I do that every night before I go to sleep with my partner and just all these things that have compounded over time to make me someone who I, I feel has um, a nervous system that is you know, coming back to a place of being regulated and um, showing up so much less from trigger and wounding um, and shadow. So thank you. You're welcome, brother. You know my name. Yeah.